So that's that's business wise. Now, when you first start out, that's going to be really tough to do. Mm. Your mind's not trained to it. So your mind's like a muscle and your and your tension is is like a muscle. You have to work at it. The good news is it's easy to do. Like you have no idea how excited I am when we do these conversations because it's just like, and we're just, let's just get just straight into it. Yeah, whatever. I, I, I literally just got on an interview with uh, one of our clients in the Facebook agency machine, <laughs> and and it, it it was dope because you know when you actually speak to your customers. Yep you get to optimize for the thing that actually matters and Makes that's it real yeah that and it's all about like serving them right yeah and i got on the phone with her this morning because we were just like hearing her story because you know it it's it's actually super interesting where we are right now right like in the past week we're creating this machine like hence can we just like show them the, the asana yeah. really quick dude check out this asana man Sonic. For all you people watching or listening, yo, make sure you check out the video because we're literally showing the behind the scenes in like the creation that's happening. And we have like all these videos that are just like about to be pumped out. Yeah. So basically we get the videos here when we come up with the ideas and then we plug them in and there's a template we just copy right into. And so this is an example. So all the notes, all of the things that go into pre-production, post-production, everyone gets assigned a task. And it goes into micro content. So as we create and finish each task, we move a motor, editing, ready to be scheduled, posted, and then it gets dropped into micro content when it's done. And then things just start get, get, getting cut up. Nice. So what you saw yeah. at the end, there's like 20, 30 pieces. It's yeah. just going through this mm. machine. Just so what this done. means to everyone else is that there's going to be massive value yeah. served out in all types of bite size and long size types of pieces out there because well, it's all about the customer right? it, it, it's, it's all, all it's all about it and, and that's why like i'm excited because for example when we did this and we're like okay we just need to put as much content out there as possible i almost like started diverting back and i was like oh i need to make like the videos where i'm just like talking to a camera and i'm like telling them what they want to hear and even though like for example we were talking yesterday at the beach the views might be there right it won't necessarily actually be the people that are action takers All right and i got on the conversation with alicia this morning and she was like yeah you know i used to watch you when you used to just like jump out of the bush with your like red bandana mm -hmm. and i'm like why does this guy not have a shirt on and then to the point where she started listening to the long form conversations of yep. either you or like gojekai or hanalei and that's when she was like wow this is a new amount of authenticity that i've never seen in the space before and she went because like oh man it was amazing because she went on three other webinars that exact same week where they were just like forcing you know the sale forcing the sale forcing the sale right and in the interview she was like yeah it was so weird for the first time ever because i watched like an hour of you speaking with chris and just like the vulnerability the authenticity you at 42 doing this like in a freaking car yeah that was the thing they not just ended up selling her to take action, but then when she became a part of a program, she just knew like that the people 
that she would basically invest in would actually be there to help her. Yeah, she actually messaged me. Yeah? Yeah, mm -hmm. so she messaged me, I think, before you did, the, you did the interview today. Yeah. So she messaged me before then, and she's like, she, she, she DM'd me, reached out. I always respond to all DMs, if they're not on the list or not. I always yeah. check every day and respond back. And she responded back, she said, hey, um, I really appreciate all the you know, stuff that you shared with Mike and all this kind of stuff. And she said, I, I Googled your name. I tried to find a reason not to buy this, right? And that's okay because people today, the more that we are connected through social media, actually the more disconnected we feel. And most of our BS meters are like way high now, right? So that's what her, she was like. She had, she, her BS meter was up. So she had to go out and do her investigation. And she said, I don't mean any offense, but I couldn't find any reason not to invest in this program on that. And uh, I was just you know, grateful, you know, on that. Mm. So um, on that. So really important that uh, no matter what kind of business you're in, there's a lot of other people out there starting business or whatnot, that your customer comes number one. That's got to be the sole reason that you're getting into something mm. on that end. Because as long as you're passing value on, whereas like some of those other people you're talking about, she was on two other webinars, maybe the same week, probably many more before that. It's all just buy, 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 get this. And uh, it doesn't work anymore. You got to exchange value mm. and you got to show authenticity and you've got to be congruent in all areas. So if she's searching, she's you know, things on the internet are there forever, right? You can go back. There's stuff from 10 or 12 years ago on YouTube with me on that. Oh, and probably you too. It's congruent as yeah. it is today. There is no change in that. And that's what she found. And she was excited to get started. So I want to hear more about her interview because I, yeah. I didn't get to see it. So. Well, uh, so I just like posted it in the Slack, but she just kept on saying like authenticity, authenticity. And then, and then I'm like yeah. in my brain, it's literally kind of remind me of something that I almost forgot actually this past week. Because, for example, we were like doing podcasts like every single day. We're having these authentic conversations. And then some part of me was like, I think it was like the marketing mind. I was like, now I have to do research and to see like viral concepts. And then literally we made like 12 videos, like super ADD, basically the equivalent of me jumping out of a bush again in Thailand <laughs> with my shirt off. Except now my shirt was like on. And it took, like how long did it take to edit one video? Like five days? Yeah, like three days to edit the video that we wanted because, and they were smaller. They're like, what, 15 minutes? But we're trying to put something crazy every two or three seconds just to keep the, the person's, like, attention. And it was so labor-intensive. It wasn't fun. It mm. was just like we we're trying to hack, like, attention instead of providing, focusing on the value part, mm. you know? Yeah, whereas, whereas I mean, uh, that's probably not the type of, person that you would want to attract no. anyways is someone who has a hard time focusing not everyone has a hard time focusing right especially these days because you get so much immediate gratification and it's really what facebook and instagram and netflix and everything is all about it's about instant gratification and marketing and stuff like that but that's not the ideal kind of customer mm -hmm. that you really want to end up working with on that um, you know when i looked back when i first started my business way back in 2009 um, I didn't have any of these kind of concepts. You didn't have a bush in Thailand to jump out no, with your shirt no off? Push, there was there's <laughs> no red. There's no red bandana. We should uh, put one on you. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, and I didn't have any, any concept. It was just like, okay, let's start a business and I'll just take in all the customers that I possibly can. And I'm you know, doing the same thing basically then and I am now. And that's delivering 
what all local businesses want and need. They just want more customers in the form of leads. But I became everything to everybody on that. I did their SEO, I did their paid ads, I'd do their videos, I do everything. And I quickly realized, even though I made a lot of money my first year, I quickly realized that I'm working 60, 70, 80, 100 hours a week, sometimes 48 hours straight to get it done. And I was miserable at the end of that. Then I got some coaching and I learned the, the 80 20 principle, mm-hmm. Pareto. Mm-hmm. You've heard that principle before. Mm-hmm. It's really ba- it's it, it's a very basic principle, and a lot of people have heard of it. But once you actually kind of dig deeper to it and take it to a whole new level, uh, which a coach helped me out. Can you define that. what it is? Sure. For those that yeah. Don't know. Yeah. So uh, Preto, which is P A R E T O, um, it's it was an Italian economics uh, major back in the 1900s. And what he noticed was that all of the landowners in Italy, that 20 or 80% of the land was owned just by 20% of the people. He thought, well, this is kind of interesting. I wonder if this is a fluke. So he started studying other landowners across Europe, found the same basic pattern. Basically 20% of the land is owned by, or 80% of the land is owned by 20% of the owners, right? And so then he kind of became obsessed with this and uh, he then applied that principle to his pea garden. And he noticed that, hey, only 20% of the pods are producing 80% of the peas. He's like, wait a minute, what's going on here with this 80-20 rule? Anyways, um, he eventually found out that this is a principle that is kind of almost like a universal law, but in particular, when you're talking about humans and productivity or creativity. So when you look, you can apply it to anything. So when you look at um, artists, great artists or or authors or musicians, it's the same rule applies basically. You've got 20% of them producing 80% of the work out there. So it's a really simple principle when you look at it. It's basically you're saying that basically that 20% of their output is producing 80% of the input. So when you look at this at your business, for example, so going back to that when I was first starting, I was taking everybody in. This is a common mistake upon entrepreneurs when they're first starting out. You're looking at, okay, I've got 100 customers, right? Well, guess what? 80-20 applies across the board. So guess where 80% of the complaints come from? Mm-hmm. You wanna get rid of those. Um, you're, you're going to find out that only 20% of your customers produce 80% of your revenue. So it's the other 80% that you want to actually get rid of. Okay. Mm. Even though they're producing only 20% of the income, but the 20% is producing 80% of your revenue. And you got to understand that in business as in life and in personal life, it's the tiny things that screw up the big things. The big income is screwed up by the tiny stuff. So, you can be spending, you know, if you have 100 customers, 80 of them, 80% of them are taking up all of your bandwidth or majority of your bandwidth through complaints, calling, needing handholding, stuff like this. These are not the kind of clients you want because it, it's tiny little stuff that's starting to eat away at your time, your staff, your business, mm-hmm. and it's, not, it's only producing 20% of the income. You want to get rid of those people so you have more time to get more of the good customers on there. So... The 80-20 principle is not only true in business, but it's also true, well, let's take another look at business like in the the number of hours you spend working. So to kind of bring this home. So let's just say you work 40 hours a week, right? 
40 hours a week. Well, 32 hours of that is spent doing low-level tasks that only brings in 20% of the income, where 20% of your time, eight hours a week, is bringing in 80% of your revenue. So let's put this in perspective. Let's say that you make $1,000 of income per week. How would you like to just work eight hours a week to bring in $800? Mm. I'd much rather have more time to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a pay cut, but I've reduced 32 hours in my week because I'm focusing only on the activities that's moving the income needle. Now let's take that a step further, okay? So let's say that in an entire year, you're working 40 hours a week. Let's say you work 52 hours a week, you don't take the two weeks off. It's around 2,000 hours, 2,000 hours. 80, 20 that, that's 400 hours, right? It's 400 hours, that's the 20%, that's bringing you 80% of your income. What if instead of working 40 hours, 32% is inefficient, and 20% is bringing 80% of your income. What if all 48 hours was focused fully on, the eight, on, on only the 20% that's bringing in 80% of the income? Mm-hmm. What would happen is at the end of the year, instead of making $100,000, you would make five times that. It's like working five years in one year because you're taking the, your hours, you're taking those eight hours, you're delegating out that 32 hours that does not bring in the income on that, and you're just focusing purely on activities that move the needle. So it's really important. So it's like, mm. I know you guys are working with me and stuff. You've maybe seen or feel mm. some of those oh, examples. Oh, yeah, it's what? Like, yeah, yeah, I do not do low-level activities. In yeah. fact, I get irritated mm. if anybody was suggesting I'm doing yeah. a low-level activity because I'm like, mm. you don't value your time and you don't value my time. You don't get it, right? Yeah, we so, actually, we actually yeah. oh, you're go, saying? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Like Hanson and I actually have like our own like little um, inside joke when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So So it's like, so for example, Hanson will message you or WhatsApp you like hey you know i I think this is this uh can you like put this in the slack yeah and of course you'll always do like a nice answer to like turn him down like you'll always be like oh is this like the best use of my time and that's like how you're saying it but like in the text in the text when he reads it out to me he's like this better be a fucking not wasting my fucking time like like you're some gangster right like like, better not fuck it How, how how does it go uh, I don't, it was like, um, this better be a good fucking use of my time. Yeah. But in the text, then you send a voicemail like, Hey Hanson and explain like five, 10 minutes of exactly, like exactly what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, Oh wow. Wisdom bestowed upon me. Yeah. But in the text, it's so short because you write your text like so short with yeah. no emojis or anything. Yeah. And it just comes off. We're like, oh, yeah. dagger. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's like when I changed my Wi-Fi password, you're like, that's not a good idea. Like you just said that, like, and there's like a recording of that. But then in my mind, it was like, don't be fucking stupid. My change your password. <laughs> that is a security <laughs> breach. And I'm like, and, and it, it's so gangster. But it gets um, action from us. We're yeah, like, okay, so yeah. now every time before I message you to do anything, I'm just like, what's the best use of your time? Nope. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's got to be the best use everything. of your time of every person on the team. You got to yeah, yeah, be yeah. asking yourself. So take that 80-20 rule for a second and let's just, instead of business, let's just apply it to life because mm. what you do in one area of your life, you do in all, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, so you only got, you know, we all have 24 hours a day. It's how we use the time, right? So um, if, if you, if you, for example, I, I fast every day, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day. So that means no breakfast, no lunch. 
It's a complete and utter waste of time. Okay, you don't need to eat lunch or dinner mm-hmm. on that end. You just eat one meal a day or one and a half meals a day later in the day. But to stop, but to get up in the morning, and the first thing you do is stuff your face, mm-hmm. and then you've got an hour there where you're doing that, and you got to have coffee, and your body is digested. You're just not as productive as you could be. It's not the best use of your time. Okay, that is basically the eighty percent of your time that is not making that needle move. So imagine if you could take that hour in the morning that you save for breakfast and then that other hour in the afternoon for lunch and you could do something else with it. You could go to the gym, you could go to the sauna, you could meditate, you could do work. It doesn't matter. But if you, you want to be doing activity that's going to be moving that needle forward on that. So another example uh, in the personal life is uh, talking about food and cooking. If you can, you should not be doing your cooking. You should not be going to the grocery store. That is not the best use of your time, okay? Because most of us spend the majority of our time and the 80% of the activities that's not moving the needle. You're not moving the needle, your income needle or the quality of your life needle if you're going to the supermarket. Mm. In this day and age, no matter where you are, you can always deliver. Here, you can go jacket Mm. if you wanted, right? Anywhere else in the world, all supermarkets today have delivery. You should not be walking up and down those aisles. I mean... Have someone else do that for you. It's a small cost. What can you do in exchange that time? Something that's going to move that needle. Mm. Okay, something that's going to move that needle across there. So in every aspect of your life, and the coach is teaching me this, every aspect of your life, you got to take it through that principle on that 80-20 principle. Absolutely vital in that in business. You're looking at customers. Uh, in your own personal life, you're looking at the time that you're spending on here. And I would rather see somebody do no activity rather than doing useless activity, just mm. downtime to recharge. That's a better use of your time, which wow. is ultimately going to move the needle later on in that. So like last night when we were at the beach of the going away party for a friend, um, someone was asking me about, or that, oh, um, they said, uh, cause I saw your you know video that you did and stuff in. So you only work out three days a week, right? And I said, yeah. And I, and I came back and I said, it's the 80-20 rule, buddy. So I came in and I said, how, how do I make sure that this is sustainable? Because I was, I was 42 years old. I was overweight. I was fat. I was about 250 pounds, about 110 kilos. And I had lost and gained weight hundreds of times. I had failed. I knew I was going to fail again if I kept the same thing over and over again, right? So I said, how can I make this sustainable? Because I, I, I can go to the gym five or six hours a week. I can do cardio in the morning. I can restrict my calories. I can do this for like eight weeks or 12 weeks, but then it's not sustainable. The willpower loses its power and the old self comes back and takes over, right? So um, so with that, what I did is I said, okay, if I look at the actual gym, the time in there, the exercises, what everyone else is doing on that, where's the, where's the 20% that's making the difference? And that's how I was able to take that over time and take the workout and say, okay, I'm only going to do what's going to be moving that needle. It's a 20%. So I'm cutting out 80% of that. So I can easily take what normally someone would take as a, you know, a five or six day of workout and I can cut it down to nothing. Same thing with cardio. People are like, well, you must do a lot of cardio because you're really super lean and stuff. I know when I go in the gym three days a week, I'm only doing five minutes. Mm. Because it's proven that if you do hit for five minutes, that's super intense for like one minute and then super and lightweight for another and fluctuate. It's basically what it is. But, uh, but it's proven that that's just as effective for burning calories and also for the cardiovascular benefits to you as an hour 
That's a perfect example of that, right? So, okay, so practice that in all areas of your life, business and whatever and time. Now, let's take that to like a whole nother level. But mm, you got to get to that a level. third level now. This level's yeah. like, uh, you, I'm sure, everyone's heard of the 80-20, but I guarantee you what you we're going to talk 80, about 20, now. 80-20, the 80-20. Exactly. 80, yeah, you 80-20. <laughs> infinity, buddy, infinity. So, yeah. so let's do a little bit of simple oh math God, here. Oh, my God, let's go, 80-20. 80-20, <laughs> the 80-20. And this is and this. Is, <laughs> I love the new sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> and then if, if the joke if the joke's not funny. Uh oh. Wait, no, no, that's a scary one. Ready? <laughs> that's when you twenty eighty, and you focus on the eighty percent of things that doesn't do shit. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so, so what you do is you take that twenty percent, and what's eighty percent of that twenty percent? Well, sixteen percent of that is is wasted and it's four percent so four percent is technically bringing you 64 percent of your total income and total output four percent so but you really can't get to that until you got the 80 20 figured out as particularly in business you got the 80 20 figured out the staff is doing the other low level work and that and then once you have your staff and your systems in place then the next level you move up to is 80 20 your 20 percent and now it's four percent of your time wow. the problem is is that most entrepreneurs are focused in on the 96 percent and they can't get anything done so 90 percent 96 percent of wasted time like going shopping is checking your emails it's checking facebook it's doing accounting it's mm. doing any kind of admin work meetings I don't know if you know, any meetings we have, I try to get in and out as fast as possible. This better not be a waste of my time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're having this meeting, Chris. I want to be really respectful of your time, so I'm just going to leave this. But it's everybody's time, right? Yeah. It's everybody, everybody in the company, everybody along the whole company needs to be focusing in on mm-hmm. their 80-20. And then once they get to a certain level, then they need to be focusing in on 4% of their income. So if you take that back to like an hourly week, right? So now instead of working... You know, first it was 40 hours and we reduced out the 80% of the stuff that doesn't work. Now we're down to eight hours a week of work. And that eight hours is producing 80% of the income for your company. Whether you're a one person show or a three or four or a hundred company, doesn't matter. Now you add the 20% to 20% and now it's 1.5 hours Mm. of your time is now producing 64% of your income. Okay. Now you take that and now if you only focus on that, 4% 4% for 40 hours. <laughs> now you've taken, now you've taken one year is equivalent to five years of work. That's the eight hours a week. That's the mm. 80, 20. Now one year is worth tw- is equivalent to 25 years of work. If you do the math on that. So this is why today with all the technology, you can leverage this stuff. So, well, this is why you see people who are making, you know, millions, hundreds of thousands, half a million dollars in a year or two years or three years or four years or five years, they're worth $10 million or $20 million. It's unheard of in this day and age. You have so many millionaires, not just millionaires, but people, you know, there's kids out there on YouTube that are worth 10, 20, $30 million on that. And this is, Mm. this is what happened. They're focused on the 4%, whether they realize it or not. So how do you get started with something like that? Because not everyone's got a business, right? So how do you do that? Well, the first thing is, is um, like if you buy a, a course, right? It doesn't matter whatever course it is, a coaching course, e-com course, whatever it is. Most people, when they do that, if you look at the time that you're learning there in the time, most people do this. And I'm, I'm guilty of this, so I'm not pointing any fingers. Buy a course, look at it. Most people will just run through the whole course. Mm-hmm. 
and just mindlessly watch it and not take any action along the way. And they feel like they're actually accomplishing something because mm -hmm. they're getting through the modules, they're getting through the videos. But at the end of it, they produced zero output. Okay, so they've literally wasted all their time versus coming in and saying, okay, I'm gonna, first of all, I'm gonna turn off all distractions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus in, I'm not gonna have any, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna allow anyone to call me, I'm gonna turn off my phones, uh, there's, I'm putting out the do not disturb on everything, and then I'm gonna stay focused time and studying this material, and then I'm gonna take action along the way, I'm gonna pause and actually do something, mm -hmm. right? And then I'll, I might have to rewind and pause and do it. So if you're learning like, you know, how to do paid advertising, for example, then you don't just mindlessly watch through that. No, if module one is set up your AdWords account or whatever, then pause it and set it up. You know, actually start building and doing things with that. It's really critical on that. And the thing is, is that, you know, we're not, nobody teaches these kind of principles in school. No one looks at the 80-20 rule and then they teach it in school. They don't do that. Mm. I don't know why. It's practically a law in the universe, in nature, but definitely in human productivity on here. This is why the vast majority of people, the small people, mm. percentage of the top, pretty much have all the wealth and everything. It's not that they're smarter. It's not that the cards are stacked against you. It's you, it's, it's always comes down to you. Mm. How are you spending your 24 hours? How are, can, can you take your 24 hours and everything that you do from the time that you're working to your free time to grocery time? Are you changing your own oil in your car to save money? No, you have someone else do that, right? Are you doing your own grocery shopping? No. For God's sakes, <laughs> deliver that stuff. There's so many options today. Are you cooking your food? You don't even have to cook your food. You don't even have to have a cook these days. You can have food delivered that's just heated up mm -hmm. and it's ready to go. It's already pre-paid. So you, it's pre-made. So you have the time to focus in on that 20%. And once you've got that mastered, then you 80, 20 to 20% and you focus in on mm. that 4%. And those are the times that you're doing all those activities here. And people these days just don't, just don't value their time and asking themselves like every single aspect of your life. Mm. Like, is this moving the needle? Is this moving the needle of my health? You know, do I need to spend 10 hours a week in the gym? No, not if you look at it and go, there's gotta be some waste I can cut mm. off here. There's gotta be a more efficient way to do this in less time. Great, then do that. That leaves up more time to do other things. And you just, you're filtering throughout your entire life, your personal life, everything on here on what you want to focus on, on that. And that's 80, yeah. 20 rule. You want to take it deep. It's like, wow, this, this is probably gonna be the deepest conversation anyone has ever talked about the 80, 20. Cause like, I, like, I don't even think people realize just how effective it is. <laughs> and there's literally level, there's like levels to the 80, 20. Like I remember when I was like in college and I was like, I'm going to go 80, 20, my, my education. So I, it was, it was like. Like 80-20 is powerful as long as you know, example, like what you're actually optimizing for. Because you also could 80-20 for the wrong thing. And that's why I'm saying there's levels. So I remember when I was like in college, I was like, okay, I'm going to optimize for good grades. So when I was optimizing for good grades, I was like 20% or 80% of my time needs to be in the freaking library because that's going to give me the most results, right? So I'm literally in the library for like, like weeks. I would just like bring a pillow and sleep there and like study for my exams. And then as I got like older, I was like, Wait, I find out that all of the exam questions, if I'm optimizing for just a good grade, that these are all just actually old questions from old exams. So then I was like, okay, what if I just like network with all of like the older upperclassmen for like 20% of my time and just like get all of like the old exams? 
I got every single old exam from 1999 to 2012. And then I just took the questions and then I then found it in the book and then only wrote notes around whatever questions correlated with each other. And then there was another 80-20 where it's like, wait, school's not even important right now. I'm just going to like 80-20 this out of the way and just focus on business. And then you go 80-20 in business and you do the 80-20 of the 80-20 of the 80-20 until you're like in the smallest thing of what you could do by yourself. And then you're like, wow, there's another level. Like what if my 80-20 has a baby with his 80-20, has a baby with his 80-20? And that that's why I think like I'm so freaking excited to build this because everyone's living in their own 80-20. You know, from like Hanson and Creative to you, like always in the Facebook group, like giving the customer support. Um, and by customer support, actually not like answering emails, but like being in there answering questions with you and Abby. And then me just having like authentic conversations and getting people to reveal their secrets when they didn't even know that they would actually like share things like live. Yeah. You know? And what started this, uh, how we went down this route was. We were talking about your content, right? Yeah. So your content. So I think what you realized is that um, the kind of customer and the kind of people that you want to attract, they don't want the headband stuff. No. They don't want that. That's do the, they though? Maybe I should. Maybe do they do. We'll find. You'll have to split <laughs> test that and find out. You know, um, women ages thirty five to forty four really appreciate the headband and like the shirt <laughs> off. Like half of them were split. They're like, oh man, like put a shirt on, and then the other one's like, no, why do you have your shirt back on? And I'm like. 80 20. <laughs> you want to examine which of your customers are the best yeah. customers. And, and in my opinion, I would want to form relationships with customers or people out there that are into authenticity, right? Yeah. Rather than bling, bling, interruption, interruption, because you got a attention span of a goldfish and I got to keep interrupting you to bring you back mm -hmm. in. You know, I'd much rather have the person that's like, hey, I like this real authentic talk because if we have future conversations or interactions mm. later, it's going to be more authentic. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more in aligned and congruent with, you know, who I am and who you are and, mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, well, it's, it's also good. like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So like, I remember when I first got started in making content and like some videos would get like millions of views. And this was around the time when we were going from like convention to convention, when we were like investing in projects back when we met like in Singapore. Yep. And there's this one guy that I met that he said, oh, I write medium articles. And then I'm like, well, I have millions of views, but like you could literally see your analytics. There's only like 20 or 40 people that are reading your stuff. And what he said to me was just like, it was super humbling. And it also made me remember the 80-20. And that was, but Mike, out of the millions of people that watch your videos and the 20 people that read my article, the 20 people that read my article has a higher net worth than the millions that watch your videos. And then I'm like, that's so true. Because back to what we were talking about optimization, I was just optimizing for followers, for views, for likes, for engagement, for comments. So since I was in that paradigm of optimizing for significance and followers and people to like watch my stuff and be like, Oh, you're cool, Mike. And to like basically tell me how awesome I am, but never actually buy. Those are also the people that if they need the ADD ness to stay, then imagine trying to train these people. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't, not only would they not succeed because they don't have the attention span, but then they would blame you for not succeeding when in all fact, it's because they didn't have the attention span. As opposed to like now, you know, like, like it was just amazing in this past couple of days when like Hanson and I are like, we got to find our North Star. Like, what's the North Star? What's the North Star? 
And that's if someone can relate to an hour or two hour or three hour long conversation, which is like people hanging out in um, in like an extra room that we literally turn into a studio. Those are the people that would actually be the best to learn because I mean, for someone to watch like an hour of us like conversating, you know, they're freaking serious. Yeah, there's a good thing. There's a yeah. um, where where attention goes, energy flows, right? Mm-hmm. So if your attention is focused on um, I can't do this or the world's against me or everyone else has other things, that's that's where your energy is going to go. Um, if your energy is focused towards, um, getting people who have, you know, who are into the bling bling and the quick, uh, mm. quick little fixes, that's, that, that's where the energy goes. That's where your energy ends up going. That's where other, and you end up kind of attracting that same kind of energy there. So you've got to be really mindful of that stuff. I mean, the 80, 20 rule can go as, as deep as you want to take it, but it's true no matter what level you want to take it. It's always true there, mm. you know, cause you, uh, another way to put it is what you focus on expands and becomes your reality. Right? So like last, last time, our last podcast, we we're talking about the, um, the basketball teams yeah. right? and the basketball teams and they're, you got the, the teams in some white jerseys and black and you got to count how many times they pass the ball back and forth. And the people who do that, they, they don't, they miss this moonwalking bear. That's like six mm-hmm. foot five right through the middle of the screen pauses and keeps done. And I mean, how can you miss that? Mm-hmm. Cause you're not focused on, on it, right? What you focus on, you focus and expand. So if you focus on say the 4%, of your friends and the 4% of what makes you happy. Let's look at friends. You know, if you look at your friends, if you really cut it down to the 80, 20, 80, 20, it's like the 4% of them, which might only mm. end up being one. That's the friend that gives you the highest quality, the highest happiness, the highest personal growth, the highest challenges in your life and makes you a better person. Right. So it's not just about business. It's about every single mm-hmm. aspect of your life on that. So and I'm sure if you anyone looks back that they got well, I got 50 friends, maybe 20 of them are pretty close. But it ends up usually the four percent one in there is going to be like the one. That's the one that, you know, that you could call at four in the morning and say, mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. I need help. Everyone needs that. And, that. and you need to focus on getting more of those and you need to focus more attention on mm-hmm. that, just like because where attention goes, energy goes. You want to focus and you want to nurture that. You want to nurture every aspect of the 4% of your entire life across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a, what are they? A death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. Almost all of us are living by a death by a thousand cuts, right? And that's a Chinese torture. Basically, they just take little small cuts and they keep cutting the person up and horrible torture, right? <laughs> Over the course of three or four months, you eventually will die. But it's just a tiny little cuts over a little, little cut here, a little mm. cut there. Oh, we're going to cut the tip of your finger off. Now we're going to cut a little, little pinky toe off. Still alive. Going to cut a little piece of your ear off. And you're going to keep, it's horrible. But people are doing that in their daily lives. They're dying by a thousand little cuts. So here's a thousand little cut. Uh, wake up in the morning. And I first thing I do is check social media. Mm. It's a little cut. It's a complete waste of time. Get your brain in the wrong framework completely. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're, you're in total distraction mode. You're just like mm-hmm. in reaction to react. It's you're just like reactive reaction. to the environment. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, okay. Well, I got to. So, so now you spend the next forty-five minutes in reaction mode. Mm. Another cut. Another cut. Not killing you, but slowly killing you. Mm. Slowly killing your dreams. It's slowly killing the quality of your life. 
on that. Or you say, you know what, um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna go out for pizza, beer, and then Sundays or ice cream or whatever. Ever, you know, once in a while, it's not gonna kill you. But if you do it three, four times a week, it's another little cut. It's gonna shorten your life. It's gonna shorten the quality, not just your life, but the quality of your life mm. and how you feel and your energy level on that. So it's death by a thousand cuts in here. Um, and the 80-20 rule will really help you stay focused mm. on not cutting yourself up, right? Mm. Spend the time, 20% of your time, and then next level, 4% of your time, just the highest mm. level possible activities. And it's not just about work, so uh, you know, because what you do in one area of your life, you do it all. So it's the quality of your life. It's the it's it's mm. it's every activity that you're doing. And I, quite frankly, am so greedy with my time that I would rather do nothing than than spend that time cutting myself. Mm. I'm just not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's also yeah. hard too when you first begin the eighty twenty and like and I'm talking about like really deep eighty twenty. Like that's what we're doing. For example, for the content, right? And it, it this has actually probably been like the hardest thing for me and like these are like my little freaking cuts that i get that i'm like why am i even like looking at this like this is just a waste of time but for example you know i have a big youtube channel right and it was all built off of the add jumping out of a bush yeah you can make money online it's easy just like freaking ukulele uh red bandana and and all that stuff and the views would start like going up but those people that were actually buying from that weren't necessarily the best buyers because they weren't actually the ones that are the most invested in themselves in growth. And more importantly, you, know? you couldn't help them out as much yeah. as you could help more invested people out. Well, and that was like my biggest thing because then, you know, here were all these views and then everyone's like going there. And then I remember when I had like this little shift where I was like, no, it's all about authenticity. It's about long form conversation and just like making mm -hmm. friends and like community and holding hands in the sunset. And I'm like starting to talk about this. And then to just see, like, for example, the amount of subscribers to then the, like, lesser amount of views compared to when I was, like, all just, you can make money. Like, that was, like, such a big hit on my ego because then it's almost like you, you don't feel, I don't know if it's, like, worthiness or whatever, but it's, like, you're making this content. You're 80-20 because you know, like, okay, I'd rather talk to the 1,000 people that would maybe watch this one hour long podcast as opposed to the 1 million or the 2 million that saw the how I make $100 a day as a broke individual. Um, but that was like the hardest thing. But I think one of the biggest things that changed when it comes to like the 80-20 fulfillment and optimization and what actually gives you the happiness is back to like that conversation and who's actually watching and who's actually consuming. You know, like when I get texts for the 2 million view videos and I'm like going on my friends, like I got a video that's like 2 million views. What up? Mm -hmm. But I'm getting DMs saying, sir, can you PayPal me $10? My goat is dying in India <laughs> compared to if I make like, for example, uh, like a 5,000 view podcast, for example, of Mike Chang, right? And I'm getting all these DMs with like respectable entrepreneurs that saw that they're like, dude, that was that like hit home, that yeah. resonated. I watched the entire thing. I didn't even think I would be able to do that, right? Cause I'm like so busy. Then I'm like thinking, I'm like, well, should I make content for the 2 million people that actually don't really care about all the things that we care about? Or should I just focus on those 5,000 people that may watch this entire conversation? But man, those are the people that we'd actually wanna like hang out with, collaborate, do epic stuff, stuff with, you know? Yeah, it's all about, another way to look at it too, 
is a concept a lot of us have heard before, and I've heard, and I, I never really understood what it meant, but I heard a long time. Uh, money loves speed. Yeah. You ever heard that concept? But mm -hmm. what does that really mean when you start to dig down deeper into it? And it comes back, and you can wrap it around to the 80 20 again. And it's not just about money, it's really money is just an exchange of value, right? So the more value you can exchange from person to person to person to person, the faster, the more value, the more dollar. So let me, let's go back and look at a dollar and then we'll take a look at how you exchange and how you're, how you're exchanging more dollar, more value, and yeah. the more that you do. So, um, so if I, one of my side businesses that I do, um, and, and, and please don't contact me, I, I, I've got it taken care of on that, is that I, I buy, um, and, I, and we have a whole buying process for oh, us. Here we I, go. I buy <laughs> Shopify stores and also Amazon stores, but they have to be around for at least two years. They have to have all their books in order. And the only thing that is slowing their growth down is that they've got, they don't have enough money to buy the amount of inventory. So they're always like taking their profits and buying as much inventory as they can they put it back on the shelf to sell and it sells out. And it's like, geez, we got to wait another month or two, get this in and, and do that. So their business would grow if they could just have an influx of cash in there. And you can see the numbers by that. So that's really all they're missing is they're missing the cash component of it, right? The working capita, because they're only able to take a dollar and then they go and buy the product and they got to wait 60 days. So that dollar is waiting 60 days, right? It's not earning any money, right? Because money loves speed, speed of exchange of hands, right? So now you can now influx them and now they can get as much inventory as they want. So now they can always have inventory on their shelves. They may need a million dollars or two million or whatever, but now they're getting the inventory that they want. So now someone comes in and they buy, so they give the company a dollar and then we're able to take those dollars and immediately buy as much income and then they're able to do that. So the more that that dollar gets rotated around from inventory to consumer and back to the company, how many times can you make that revolution happen in a year? If you can only make it happen because you've got to wait three months or two months, you got to wait for that dollar to go out and make two and you got to wait two or three months for it and come back. Now you got two, now you got to wait another three more months to get that. You can only cycle that first dollar maybe three times and then out the money mill at the end of the year, it pumps out $10. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to speed that wheel up, then what happens is like, oh, what if every day I could take that dollar, money loves speed, right? Every day I could take that dollar, put it in, and then boom, I get two right back. I don't have to wait 60 days. This is why when people like say, I'm saving money. No, you're not saving money because money is holding still. What do you, oh yeah, I'm saving it. What are you doing, earning 4% or 3% or 1% today? No, the money's worth less later. Anytime money's held still, it's worthless. The more times you can rotate it, money loves speed, money loves speed. Now, the same concept is true because what you do in one area of life, you do in all. You cannot compartmentalize any of your thoughts, your ideas, the way you live your life, any of that kind of stuff. Mm. So, so you're increasing the amount of, because you guys are talking about production and all this kind of stuff. And what this means to the end users and your audience out there is that they're getting a higher exchange of value. They're not getting like $1 and then having to wait, you know, mm. 60 days to mm. get another piece of content. They're getting like a whole bunch of content, <laughs> right? All pumped on all high value, right? Because the exchange of my dollar for a product or the exchange of the listener's time for your content, it's all an exchange of value, right? 
So how much value, how much value can you turn per day? You understand what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. see the concept there the wow. between money and that? So how much can you do that? And that's what you guys are doing right now. You guys have made the realization, hey, money and value are exactly the same. And they both love speed. How quickly can I give you value? And you get to appreciate that value. You're going to come back for more and you keep pumping it. And guess what? The value exchange just goes like this. And mm. you want to get that flywheel just pumping as quickly as as humanly possible. So that's that's the path you guys are on, whether you realize it or not, and value equals money. It does not, you know, it's all the same. It's all one thing contained together with that. So good job with you guys. Wow. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what we needed to hear. I love Mentor Mondays. Yeah, Mentor Mondays is best, uh, which is why we also want to add in like Model Mondays too. You know, model Mondays. Yeah, because this all makes sense. You know, because, okay, so the flywheel, the value, like, the and then money flies out. That, that's all awesome, right? But you could also 80 20 that. You know, it's like an 80 20 scissor inception. And what I realized, and what we've realized, the best way to give as much value is to get as many interesting people sitting to where you are and to give then those people so much value where then it just turns into a flywheel where they want to like share it to all of their peeps, but then they see the value in that and then they come back for more, but then they see all of the other podcasts that we've had and then they might even see yours and then become a part of the family. But it all stems from what you said, value. And I think people- How fast can you exchange value? Yeah. How many values can, how many dollars can you exchange? How fast can you do it? How much the value of speed? Money, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's ex- value, dollars, exactly the same. There is no difference. You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. How, how, how many times could you exchange a dollar over and over again, get two back, take the two, make four, make four, eight, and so on and so forth, if you weren't exchanging value? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. The two are identical. You can't have one without the other. So it's like dollars no. and content. They're almost just like- They're exactly, exactly. it's value. It's yeah. just an exchange of value. I'm exchanging some value for your time your time can come in your awareness or it can come in your hard work that's pent up in a dollar or whatever currency. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Same exact thing on that. So so how are you finding the value, the 80-20 in your life right now? And personal life. Yeah. Yeah, well, personal life. If, if, personal life and then business. Okay. Uh, so in in personal life, I just, I, I want to make sure, so for me, I want to make sure that um, I'm not in that state of mind where I, I want to be grinding for eight or 12 hours a day. That's like, that's not the quality that I want, but I can get a tremendous amount of done in just three quality uninterrupted hours per day. And how I do that. And I think I've shared this before is I just, I, it's, it's, it's my morning time because my morning time, I'm going to be lifting my heaviest rocks or my most creativity, the stuff that's going to move the needle the most. Mm. It's three, 50 minute blocks with 10 minutes in between. So it's three hours, 10 minutes of each hour is just get up, stretch, coffee, water. 50 minutes is absolutely, totally uninterrupted. I mean, do not, I mean, literally lock my door, turn off phone, there's zero distractions. And then mentally I'm gonna come in and stay completely focused on the things that are gonna move the needle. So that's, 
that's business wise. Now, when you first start out, that's going to be really tough to do. Mm. Your mind's not trained to it. So your mind's like a muscle and your, and your tension is, is like a muscle. You have to work at it. The good news is it's easy to do. So uh, one way that I learned how to do it was just five minutes of mindful meditation per day that helps to focus the mind. Now, a lot of people think, and I was one of these too, before I hired a coach to help me out with the meditation was, well, I can't meditate. I ever felt like, like I can't sit still and not think about nothing for five minutes. Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, no. So I completely pushed it off for many years before a mentor finally said to me, Hey, you really ought to just try this out. Maybe you have the wrong idea about it. And I did. And that is I have to sit there for five minutes and not think about nothing. That's not the point of it. The point of it is, it's just, it's, I just focus on my breathing and I'm going to get all kinds of random thoughts coming through. It's normal, you know? Uh, geez, I think I got to wash my motorbike or, hey, I forgot about this bill or, hey, I should probably, all these random stuff comes up, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. Just, just push it aside. Just slowly push it out of the way. That's all you're doing. And you're not supposed to have nothing there because the only people who have nothing going on in their brain when they're meditating, you're either dead or you are the Dalai Lama. Other than that, I'm not the Dalai Lama and I'm not dead. So, and either are you. So, but it helps focus and slow down all the randomness. Mm -hmm. You're just slowing it down. That's all you're doing. So that helps a lot. So that helps stay focused during that 15 minutes because it's difficult. We are not designed to do that. The other thing that I do, it's really cool, um, is uh, Kindle books, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's an aspect of Kindle that a lot of people are not aware of. It's flashcards. So this is awesome. So this is what I do when I read a book. So when I read a book, and I don't like to read a lot of hours of the day, so I'll just take 15 minutes of the day and read. But those 15 minutes that I'm reading, I am, I am as I start to get those random thoughts, the same random thoughts when I'm meditating, right? They're coming when you're reading. Think about that for a second. When you're reading, what happens like within like seconds? Oh, yeah, I got to take the dog out for a walk. Oh, breathe, breathe, breathe. Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I got to call my mom. Jeez. It just random thoughts. So that's why the meditation helped push the little voices out of the way. You'll never get rid of them, but help push them out of the way. And that will, that will help you focus on what you're reading. So you can focus in on absorbing that content and pushing that out. Now, as I'm absorbing it, I'm highlighting the things that are of value to me. Mm. I'm not highlighting like they taught you to highlight in um, in like college, right? You go buy a used book because you don't want to get ripped off and pay 400 bucks for a stupid textbook. You're going to pay $200 for a used one. Anyone going to college knows exactly what I'm talking about there. Right? And you see it, all the yellow markers just everywhere, mm -hmm. right? That's not the kind of yellow market because that's yellow marketing to try to get a grade. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to improve the grade of our life. So I'm only, I can't, I cannot possibly take everything in 15 minutes and apply it towards me like what do, what do i want to last like what do i want to take with me right now and be a part of me well it might only be a couple of things well i just highlight those couple of things and then when i get done reading for 15 minutes then the next five minutes here comes the flashcard part so this is the cool part so then i make a flashcard of only the highlighted areas that i want to adopt i'm not studying for a test so it might just be one concept on that you might read about 80 20 rules so you might want to you might read about 80-20 and you might want to look at an example. So you might highlight that. So you might make a flashcard out of that. So then when you look at a book at the end of the book and, and as I go through it, I'll delete flashcards. But at the end of reading a book, I might have 10 flashcards and that's the stuff I want to remember. So that's helping you, the meditation 
and the Kindle and the reading is helping you to focus because we don't know how to focus. We've, we've nothing that we do supports mm. focusing. Then I can spend 50 minutes focused, 10 minute break, 50 minutes focused, 10 minute break. And in three hours, I'm focusing on my 4%. Now remember the 4%, if you look at a 40 hour week is an hour and a half. I basically did three hours, right? Which is equivalent to 80 hours of most people work week. Got it? Okay, so I'm, I'm really doing, so what I'm really doing there is I'm really doing five years of work in one year. So that's why people can go and they can go, okay, I'm making you know, $100,000 a year and how you go from that to the next year, you're making a half a million. Mm. This is how you do that on that. So in my business life, I've narrowed it down to that. And it's not like a Tim Ferriss four-hour work week and that it's different. It's, it's a totally different concept. Yeah, uh, it's really focusing in on the 4%. You focus on the 20% first, then the 4%. So that leaves the rest of my, so that's my business day, first thing in the morning. Then the rest of my day is all about how do I move the needle of the quality of my life? Mm. Health, reading. Hanging out with Mike and Hanson. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> hanging out with you guys. Uh, whatever, all that kind of stuff. So then I have more time to do that, right? Mm. Now, it's not going to be as simple as doing that uh, the first time you've, because you're going to be a one person show. So sometimes if you're a one person show, you got to do the 80 and the 20% because some of the 80% of the stuff is admin work and you got to do that mm-hmm. stuff yourself. But as you build up, but as long as you're aware of it, you're able to whittle that down, hand that off to somebody else, you know, just by not eating, just by fasting every day, you've just gained two more hours. And if you do that and combine that with your 80-20 rules and you, and, you, and you stop this other stuff and then you focus on just focusing, mm-hmm. you can get incredible stuff done in the, by noon. Incredible stuff done. So that's why I value time all the time. That's why I get really super irritated if someone's like even <laughs> suggesting that you got to do something. That's like, are you kidding me? Are you, are you, are you joking me? I'm not going to do this. It's not even worth because, and it's not even worth outsourcing some of the things. And that I think you would ask me to screenshot something every yeah. day or something. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is not even worth my time to do this. This is not moving the needle. And it's not even enough to even outsource to have someone do it because I want them focused on the 20% of what they're doing. Mm, See what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's just, I, I, it's, it's kind of a long winded answer, but that's kind of the blended of the work and the personal life kind of together for mm. that. So, wow. so it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle because Friends and life and everybody does not do that. Mm. They don't. That's not a normal practice that they no. do. So the two yeah. clash, and they think that you're just like a sociopath or insane or just like or an ass or, or whatever. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. that's like what what I'm doing in my life. Like I, I remember before I even just like got into the flow of just like creating. Right. Like if I was ever bothered before one p.m., I would be like the biggest freaking asshole. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not even done with my morning ritual. I'm like doing my breath. <laughs> and then like, I'll hear someone come in and be like, get out. I'm just... And I'm like meditating in anger, just like, <laughs> like constantly reactive. Cause I feel like where I am in my life is like, there's like this need to grow. There's this need to improve. There's also this need of feeling like I have to like prove myself to someone. Just any 25 year old male in this, th- th- we want to conquer and we want to prove to maybe all the people that didn't believe in us that maybe we were actually not as crazy, right? Um, and there's like this constant reaction. So if I don't like 80, 20 it and like Hanson's like, oh man, like how long is your morning ritual? Like four hours? Okay, I'll see you maybe like after that. I'll literally get overwhelmed and just 
like it's so easy for me to go down a downward spiral when everything around us is like even good. So that's also another interesting conversation because I also want to bring that up because I started doing the exact same practice of just like instead of listening to 30 minutes or an hour or like whatever, I'm just like, what's like the one little meditation that I could possibly work on? You know, what's like the one little take? And one of the biggest things that I started realizing when it came in terms of all of this was this one little concept. And that was the two things that could absolutely go wrong in your life is number one, when you don't get what you want, but sometimes even worse is when you actually get what you want and you realize that you're still unhappy. Yeah. Right. And that's what I want to talk about. Cause for example, like I've, I have basically everything that I want, right? I have the most amazing supportive friends. I have the most amazing network of mentors and friends that we could like have a good time, have like dinners at your place every Friday. Like there's beautiful people around me everywhere. And then like, we're, we're about to like start interviewing these models too. So like everything is like going well. Right. Um, and then when everything around me is going well, there's always like some type of scarcity inside me. That's maybe thinking, well, is this going to last? Do I need to work harder? Screw the 80, 20. I need to make sure that I'm micromanaging everybody. So like an ad account doesn't get shut down and that like I could continue to live this life. And even though on paper, I should be happy all the time, like inside, I'm like, there's almost like this feeling. And I think you mentioned this in a previous podcast, like, is this all actually going to last or will, like, cause my biggest fear is just going back. Right. Maybe yours is going back to where you were at 42 fat in a thing. And it's like, how do you freaking balance? How do you, where do you 80, 20 on that? You know? Yeah, that's a deep one there. So, so, um, so it, it, it's kind of like this. So, um, um, everything, uh, real transformational change always happens. It's, it's an inside game. It's not mm -hmm. an outside game. So for example, let's say that, um, Let's say that, you know, you came in, you maybe you've even done this before. I know I have, uh, something came into some money, right? Through hard work and effort. Right. And then you want to reward your family. So you might take your parents or an aunt or something on a dream vacation. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they should be all happy. It's like, Oh, I'm going to a dream vacation. Yada, yada, yada. And then it doesn't take, they should be really happy. Right. But it doesn't take very long before maybe the plane's delayed. Like, what the hell? The plane's like, I got my vacation going on here, man. What you're ruining it, <laughs> you know? And then, and then they get there, right? And it's like maybe the checkout, you know, they get in there and they go to the room and maybe they put them in a smoking room instead of a non-smoking room. Like, oh, geez, they ruined my, they're ruining my vacation, you know? They're ruining my vacation. It's all this outside stuff. But that person needs to needs to work on their inside game. Mm -hmm. They got to work on their inside game, so they're. They're, they're all, no matter what environment you put them in, they're not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. You can give them all the money they want. You can give them all the vacations they want. They're still going to be the same person inside. So when you're looking at, you know, I asked for this vacation, right? And I'm still not happy. Or I asked for this lifestyle and I got it, but now I'm fearful. It's not, you can keep chasing more money, right? You can keep chasing more vacations, you can keep chasing more, but in, but that's all the outside stuff until you, it's an inside game. So until you work on the inside on yourself, because the old saying, no matter where you are, there you are, right? Mm. It doesn't matter. It's like, man, I really need a vacation. 
I'm going to be happy. I've been working really hard. And he takes his vacation. And a lot of times people are really honest with themselves at the end of a vacation. They feel they really feel like they need another vacation from the vacation because all they did is they had more time with themselves and more time to worry and more time to be with themselves rather than distracted with work and, and all these other things. So where does like satisfaction come from? And it's, it's an inside game because it really doesn't matter how much money you have or, you know, how much of whatever vacations or cars or whatever, all that kind of stuff you have, you're still the same person. Until you work on the inside, once you start working on the inside, the inside game, and that's a whole nother discussion, then all the outside stuff becomes incredibly more satisfying. Just imagine now if your aunt who you took out on a vacation, and I'm not saying you have or whatever, but you know, say my aunt took out on a vacation because I made some money, so I want to reward her. Instead of being cranky in her normal self the whole time when she should be having a great time, imagine if before that, we worked on her inside game, mm. right? And now she went on the vacation. That vacation is going to be sweet. Mm -hmm. Now imagine you worked on your inside game and you're happy no matter what and no matter what situation, right? Now you just earned an extra half a million dollars a year. That You're going to be able to enjoy that a lot more. So it's an inside game. It's not an outside mm -hmm. game. And everyone's working on the, uh, on the outside and the inside game. So all the answers that we normally need are usually like right here in front of our nose. <laughs> it's always like, like this, it's always this way. It's never that way. We're always out here looking, 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 looking. Money, more friends, more fame, more recognition, more that. No, inside. What's mm. what? What's going to make you happy? Whether you have money or no money. What's going to make you happy? Whether you go on a vacation or you don't. Because it doesn't matter if you're in a five star resort in Hawaii or the Caribbean, or you're in your trailer park at home. You should be just as happy in both places. And you and when you learn that, then you can really enjoy that five-star hotel. Until then, you can't. Mm. So you'll always be craving more. It's always chasing, right? It's always chasing. It's always that. So it's kind of like an uh, alcoholic. It's always chasing the buzz, right? Mm. Always chasing the buzz. Like they can't just, that's why they can't just have one drink. Because like they have that one drink, buzz goes up, the buzz goes up, and they got to chase that buzz. I keep chasing it, and they're the ones at the end of the night who drank the most, right? They're always chasing the buzz. So you got to ask yourself, are you, are you always chasing the high? Because mm. that's not where it's at. It's an inside game. You, you can never, you always say this, like money can't make you happy. I mean, we all know that, but that's also a bunch of bullshit. If you can learn to enjoy yourself, <laughs> right, you're really going to enjoy the money, right? And you should. There's nothing wrong mm. with it. So I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's such a phenomenal idea because, like, just with everything that you said in terms of money and growing into it and all that, it's, how do I even want to like put this? It's something that's not talked about much. It, it, it's not, it's, it's something that like when you think you're pursuing this, then it'll make you happy. But then like, for example, for me, like if I was just constantly pursuing the money, pursuing the money, it wouldn't actually happen, but it's almost like, and I got reminded of this, this morning when I had the conversation with the customer, it's like the moment I'm just doing things for myself, of course, it's going to be hard. Of course, I'm always going to be in reaction. Of course, it's almost going to be like an uphill battle, kind of like what we're talking about where I'm constantly in reaction, where even though like the external is good, but the internal is like not as happy. But it's like the moment I flip it out of my own ego and my own self and instead just focus on like service, then it's almost like I just get out of my own way and life just becomes easier. 
Like I like for example this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't know if like do I feel good? Like do I need like an eight hour morning ritual to really get out of my head today? And then I got on the call with Alicia and then just how much value she got, how her life has changed, how she literally she like, like this, this is what I was thinking because like before I was like, oh, it's about the views. It's about the significance. It's about how much like I look cool in front of camera, the recognition. I'm 25. It's how much my peers think how awesome I am. It's how I compare to like everyone else. It's like this thing of competition. And then I literally get on the conversation with her and I realized, wow, it's not about making like 1K a day, 5K a day, 10K a day. She was literally a single mom, has a 10-year-old daughter, has a full-time job, has no time to build a business, um, literally trying to try so many different projects, even like MLMs to just try to make like some extra side to like support for a daughter. And seeing the look in her face when after being on like webinar after webinar after webinar, trying to learn so much things online, failing because like, you know, people would end up buying, but then, you know, when you're in the course, like, oh, well, you need to buy this, 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 and not having that authenticity to her explaining just her entire experience of what it was like to see the video of me coming out of the bush, not resonating, then going through like that own metamorphosis of just having these authentic conversations to then actually watching the entire conversation to her thinking like, wow, I could literally be in Chris's shoes when he was at 42. And if he could do it in his car, I could do it in my small apartment to seeing her story of overcoming her like barriers of like getting on her first call, uh, not knowing if she's going to be able to close her first client to closing first client to then getting some extra side income to now getting to the point where she's about to like leave her job in the next like couple months. That's awesome. Right. And then she tells me that story. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's the best morning ritual that, ever, right? Mor that, that's like the <laughs> yeah. best morning to hear that like the content that we all are co-creating right now is actually leaving an impact. And that's one of my biggest lessons that I've learned is just it's like the more I get out of my own way and I just black out and just focus on service. How can I serve you? How can I serve Hanson? How can I serve the people that are watching? How can I serve, you know, the Alicia's of the world instead of like the 2 million people that might watch a video that goes viral that like just wants me to like freaking PayPal them money like in India or whatever to like actually these real people that are like, wow, these are amazing human beings. That's, I think the 80, 20 that I need to optimize in my life that I've been doing. And it's, like, I just feel so grateful that knowing that one thing alone, like in my 20s and just optimizing for that and doing the 80-20 for every single year, dude, this wouldn't have happened had like, for example, like this have happened. So I want to say like, thank you to both you guys. <laughs> exchange of value. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Right? No matter where, where you go, it's always about an exchange of value. And the nice thing about an exchange of value and everyone's experienced this before. Like if someone asks for directions and you're mm -hmm. a perfect stranger and you know where it is, you've just exchanged some value to them. All of a sudden you feel like more energy. Yeah. Just like you felt more energy in there because you exchanged value. You felt that connection. That's, that's that, that value wheel of turning mm -hmm. faster and faster. And that's super important mm -hmm. to be able to stay focused on that kind of stuff. You know, when it comes back to, you know, other things, it's like people, people who are focused on the end goal, always, it's, it's always, a you, you'll rarely meet it. And if you do, you'll be miserable when you get there. Because mm -hmm. it's never about the millions or whatever. It's about the process along the way. If the process along the way, you've changed, you know, single mother's life with a 10-year-old kid. If you changed her life, 
that's part of the process, right? And you're exchanging value and you're exchanging value only when you're learning to love the process. You know, mm. uh, we had talked about, I think earlier before the podcast talked about some, you know, the entrepreneur journey, you're going to have stuff happen to you. You're going to have merchant accounts get shut down. You're going to have, you know, things that you have to problem solve it. You have to learn to love that process. It's like, okay, another challenge let's bring it on because that's going <laughs> to challenge me and i gotta i gotta move forward with it no matter what or i can take the you know the low vibration energy level aspect of it and i can say this is not why me this the, you know mm. life sucks it's you know it shouldn't happen to me all that's 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 the night that's the focusing on the 96 percent. you want to be focusing on the four four percent okay how do i fix this what's the solution here what do I need? That's the only focus you should be focusing on that, mm. on that. So it's having that like problem orientated mindset of knowing that you could solve it. Like, for example, if everything's going good for like a couple of weeks, I'm like, something fucked up's about to happen. <laughs> I got to prepare it's myself, got to get in the ice bath and just knowing that whatever happens that I can't control other people. But what I can control is like how I react to things. Yep. And the moment I understand that, and we all understand that, and everyone else listening, that's the only thing that can succeed. So what we could do is we could then open like a Q&A, because like everyone's probably wondering, like, what is this thing that Alicia is going? Like, what is this fan? Facebook, or, uh, I don't even want to say the name. FB agency machine. Just because, you know, we can't use that in advertising because they're going to be like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's right. So I got to say FB, FB. Um, this is literally the student area. If you look our, if you're looking at the screen, I like how, like one of the biggest things, and we're talking about 80, 20s. I literally love the fact that because me and Hanson are focusing more on marketing this, you get it. You and Abby, look at the value that Chris dropped yeah, in here. You like, literally get a focus on just giving value. Like, and that's what I love about like this, this like company and project you literally respond. Cause I've been, ever since I got in this group, I've been just pulling yeah. all the wisdom I could from all the, the stuff that you drop in here. Instead of you screenshotting it and putting it in slide. <laughs> <laughs> Best right. not waste my time, little boy. <laughs> he Pareto principled, principled me. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this group is so um, engaged. Like everyone's supporting each other and dropping value with each other. It's really cool. That's what she said she loved the most, actually, by the way. Yes, the community. Because it's about connection and, a, and you want to feel connected, like you belong to something, like you belong to a cause. You belong to something like you want, everyone wants to be on a winning team, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the winning team, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, we used to play uh, dodgeball back in the day in school. And it was like at the playground, the kids would line everyone up and then you would, you would get picked like which team you're going to be on. You know, yeah. are they, are they I was the basketball? fat kid that was picked last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, so more than likely, you got on the team that wasn't the winning team, yeah. right? You know what yeah. I mean? Because no one wants to pick the I fat mean, kid. I, I never got picked, bro. They're like, oh, okay, I picked that stick. <laughs> I'll pick that ball, and then I'm just like the last one standing. And yeah. I just be so sad. But, but, but this is the winning team here, seriously. And you can feel that when you're in there. It's like mm. everybody's winning, everybody's supporting. I love this comment. If Chris says all the niches are good, then they are all good. <laughs> Whatever Chris says is right. Uh, we had another joke. I think we should definitely make it because you always do this quote, and apparently everyone else has heard it too. But it's it? like you try to chase two rabbits. Yep, you catch none. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then and then we're thinking about like just getting T-shirts for everyone so that we just have like a bunch of rabbits on our T-shirts. Um, Someone then, in there trying to chase them all. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, but but it's so amazing because uh, she said that that's actually what helped her because there's so many programs out there 
that might not necessarily go through as in depth, or maybe they buy, but they don't actually have the support. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it is it it's it's not the information, right? Yeah. We, we have plenty of information out there. That's a commodity. You can just Google it. Yeah. Eventually, you could figure it all out yourself. Now, if it's handed to you on a step by step platter, it certainly saves you time. It's yeah. more efficient. Mm-hmm. But that's not enough. That's not enough on that. What you need on that is that is that you need to help work on the inner game. That's why I'm always posting comments in there, doing that, doing the videos. It's whatever the temperature of it is in there. And I think the video on the top of there, the one that you started out with, mm-hmm. was, uh, I, I don't know, I, there's a lot of videos in there. But like one of them, actually one video that I dropped in there a couple of weeks ago in the Facebook group mm-hmm. was 80-20. Like what should you be doing with your time mm-hmm. in this course? Because people, you weren't taught this. Right, you need to be taught this. Not, not only do you have the right information, but how do you apply that information? Mm-hmm. And how, like what you said earlier, how do you get out of your own way? Mm-hmm. You need somebody to help you get out, get you out of your own way. You need a community. You need a little bit of guidance, not just, you know, here's the recipe to bake a cake. It doesn't do it, man. I mean, you can bake a, a, maybe a pretty mean. If you got a recipe for me, Anne or your mom on chocolate chip cookies, you could probably bake a really good. Thing of chocolate cookies, but you that, wouldn't eat it though. Yeah, I wouldn't. Eat it. <laughs> you wouldn't eat it, not unless they're keto. But <laughs> the point is, is that you could not open up a bakery, even though you could make mm. really good cookies, right? You mm. need more than the recipe on that, and that's really what we're trying to do here. Is we're trying to provide, and I think we are doing it very successfully. Mm. As the interview that you did this morning on that, as people are are appreciating that it's not just about the step by step instructions; those are there and it's proven, mm. but it's more about the inner game. Right, it's all about inner. It's not out here because we got all the instructions out here. That's not supposed to stop in you. Mm. <laughs> it's your inner game that's stopping mm. you. you got to so, get out of your own way. So for those that are like struggling with like inner game, there's so many ways to change it. How have you personally fixed your inner game, and what would you recommend to like regular people? Um, the, the, how I did it, how I recommend, because that's all I can do is just reference off of myself. Yeah. May not be the best way, but uh, the biggest, fastest, quickest way to change for the inner game is you can go two routes. You can go the one route is, I'm gonna read lots of interchange books, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch lots of podcasts, I'm gonna read lots of books, I'm gonna do all this kind of stuff. I'm gonna to go to events and all this. That's one way to do it. To me, that's the long way. Mm-hmm. If, because you're, it, there leaves too much room for your old self to come back in and pull you back into watching Netflix, going out with friends, thousand cuts, focusing on the 96% and not the 4%. So how do you like hyper-focus like as fast as I can to 4% and that? The fastest way, and it's how I did it personally, was results. When you experience some level of uh, of success, okay? So like the interview you did with one of the successful students on here, single mother. Do you think now prior to her getting her first client and her first paycheck, she was probably had to really struggle with her time. Mm-hmm. She was probably many times chasing two rabbits and catching none, right? Mm-hmm. Now she got her first paycheck. Guess what? Now when she hears me say, don't chase two rabbits, chase one, do you think she's more receptive to putting that into action? Mm-hmm. Yes, why? Because she's experienced success. So no, you can spend all the time reading your books and all the mental blah, blah, blah going on there, but and you should just focus in on how do I get a little bit of success? How do I do that? And that's basic, That's what the training is designed on here, is to get somebody from A to success as quickly, just that first, that first client as quickly as possible. Because once you do that, 
now now you're receptive to all of those other kind of inner game stuff mm-hmm. it's it's like this is really working i'm high i just got my first paycheck i'm doing something i thought was never i mean i always wanted to but i never really thought it was possible now it is it completely opens up everything so your fastest way to change and that is the same way i changed early on i had success really fast and that just builds momentum and going 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 and that's what you need to do is come in take action focus in on that 80 20 mm-hmm. so the 20 percent you you're getting to any kind of success you can get as quickly as possible then you're most receptive to now listening to the mm. other things and you should and you should start working on your inner game but why not why not start working on your inner game after you've had just a tiny little bit of success because then it just makes it so you're just you're just wide open at that point you're mm. like a sponge you're like okay yeah it reminds me of the time when for example uh, i just me and my girlfriend of like three or four years like uncoupled and then i like had no confidence i forgot how to communicate i forgot how to talk to people so i'm like buying like course and course seminar and seminar just how to like become more confident how to become more of myself to work on my social skills to work on my networking skills to work on my dating skills and i'm like always like in these facebook groups and i was like hey guys i bought this 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 what's the next thing that i need to buy and then one person was like you just got to go out and say hi to someone you got to go talk to someone that you're uncomfortable with you need to go to that networking event and talk to that businessman <laughs> and just like see how that makes you feel yeah and there was so many times where I was just trying to like hoard in the information and hoard it in. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I need to go buy another course. I need to go like to another seminar when all I really needed to do was to create that feedback loop, kind of like what you're talking about, the value loop of me getting a little bit of information, like a three to five minute information that I could do an action on, put it out in the world, see how the world reacts, see how the marketplace reacts. And based off of how they react that information, to then pivot my next action it's almost like you're kind of kind of like how michelangelo was made from a crappy piece of marble that you just took off the excess pieces the faster that i was able to do that was the faster that things just started making sense going from like hoarding to literally be like how can i just get it and actually a lot of it happened when i got out of my own little niche and for example met you guys in singapore because it was just like a new thing that I've never expected. I had no idea what it is, but it's like one by one. I put something out. I saw how the world react. I went and asked your guys' help. And I was like, how should I react to this? Like, this is how I'm reacting as a 25-year-old punk kid. Like, how would you react, Chris, as like a 31-year-old, uh, you know, person? And then he's not 31. He just looks like he's 31. <laughs> we'll just keep that secret. Yeah. One day we're going to put it's it on. Kind of a sense of air. We're going to put it on the Wi-Fi as a password. Like, what is Chris's age? And then, <laughs> um, but yeah, all of that was literally because of like those feedback loops. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. Because, for example, people might be on the fence. They might be. I mean, we're like, all I know is we're going to give more value in the next day, month, week, year, decade. It doesn't matter. Like in the next 50 years, there will be at least $1 that exchanges in hands because we're just going to give more value. So I definitely want to like go over some of the questions that some of the people have been having about this. Cause as you can see, as Hanson is scrolling through all of it, it is, we're almost near like a thousand homies in here. Everyone's like hanging out. You and Abby are in there always giving value. Um, and literally talking to these people, which is like amazing because yeah, like, there, there, there's many because we truly want to see people succeed. So there's yeah. many situations where someone's like, oh, I've got a, 
I've got a kind of a complicated technical question. It's yeah. like, this is not the right place. We can't do this uh, in the Facebook group. Let's get on, let's hop on a call mm -hmm. and let's actually take care of that technical stuff. Let's, let's exchange some screens mm -hmm. and that because we really want to get you as quickly as possible and we don't see any other way to kind of answer it. So there's a lot of that go that goes on yeah. there too. So it goes beyond, it's all yeah. congruent with that. I saw that you yeah, had like a private WhatsApp group for like really one-on-one -on -one interaction. Yeah. With people yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know if anyone realizes the value because, like, everyone's like, oh, like, are you just trying to sell another course? Like, I've been to, like, five other webinars. And, and no one understands that I literally, total, probably spent 50 grand yeah. to <laughs> just be in the same situation where I was put myself in the same room as you guys, right? Like, literally from money loss to fly, it's to, like, literally ending up in that one dinner table in Singapore when, like the infamous, like I was surrounded by like five mentors. It literally took me like 50 grand of wasted money that I thought at the time, like I'm just fucking wasting money on all of these like things that literally got me in the position to then get the wisdom from like all you guys that I've met. And what blows my mind is people, when they see this for like, for like the low ticket cost, cause like, I know you like do a little price cut for like everyone that is actually serious. No one understands just how much more expensive it should be because of it yeah. but i mean before we like put the prices up i definitely want to go over like some of the q a that some people had um so we could just open up this round of lightning fast questions and answers and just maybe like take one or two minutes like answer you ready for this bro i can't promise the lightning fast but i'll do my best <laughs> <laughs> okay so chris tell me why you started to develop in the online business and not more in the traditional direction. What is the traditional? Uh, well, what, what's you, you got it into it in like 2009 and yeah. around this time, like people were might do like brick and mortar. Got it. And why, why instead of you starting a business that you're like, you know what, maybe I'm going to start this thing online. Okay. So um, this was back in 2009 and I saw the opportunity out there. The opportunity was fairly clear to me. Local businesses were starting to move away from yellow pages into online. So I wanted to hop into that. So it was, was a great opportunity and that. Um, and uh, yeah, with it, you, you will always, when you're virtual, you will always grow faster and it uh, provides more freedom. So mm. that's why I'm here in Valley right now. I, I don't have a brick and mortar. That's exactly why I can. Um, uh, also in Barcelona and also in Korea as well, because I do not have a brick and mortar and um, your entire team, once you build up a team, um, you can have a small team, one or two people or a hundred or whatever. They can all be virtual from all over the world. And that way you get a higher talent pool, mm -hmm. right? Cause someone, when you can go to resources, you know, outside of maybe your, your, your country. So virtual is really the way to go. Um, that answers that question right yeah virtual yeah that's good that's the way to go brick it what I, I i keep going on that let me now now you got me thinking about that a little bit more so you take a look at um brick and mortar is going to slow you down every single time right so you take a look at and we've given these examples before uh now one of the largest so-called hotel chains in the world is airbnb they have grown more than hilton has in the past hundred years why? Because they don't own one single hotel. They own no property. So they were able to instead scale on growing and using other people's property. It's the same thing. The largest taxi cab company in the world is 
It's not Uber. yellow cab. It's Uber for the same reason. They don't own any cars on that same thing. You don't want to own any property. I would even say you wouldn't want to own any homes either as far as that goes. But that's another discussion. Mm. Virtual is the way to go. So what do you think your qualities allowed you to achieve success online compared to someone that didn't? And how difficult is it for an ordinary person to succeed? Well, that's a huge question on that. I would say, first of all, you'd need to, um, I'm, I'm looking at, at so many angles that come at this. I'm just going to go out through one single angle at it and later we could come at others. But there's a, there's a misconception out there that, uh, there's a lot, but one of them is that you need to be passionate about what you're doing. And I think it's a total bunch of baloney out there. So if you're passionate, you're going to be waiting forever. Like no one knows what they want. I mean, really, right? So, so I'm looking for a passion business. I can be, no, come back and learn to fall in love with the process. And the process is an inner game. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing something like this or e-com or whatever, it's an inner game. It has nothing to do with e-com business. It has nothing to do with the Facebook business. It has to do with the inner game. So find a good outside business so that you can now, that's an opportunity for you to work on your inner self because you have to get out of your own way to do it. And if you're dedicated to yourself, and promoting and growing and human growth from the inside out and you fall in love with the process of that of growing and getting out of your way and, and, and reflecting then and exchanging value then you're going to grow as quickly as possible so you're not looking at it from a money perspective you're not looking at it a freedom perspective you're looking at it from an inner game perspective that's the way i would look at business mm. the quickest fastest way to success how would you describe your online business in one sentence? An exchange of value. And here's like a question that happened is like, I just got off the conversation with like the success stories and she said that it was so hard to work a side hustle while having a full-time job because of just the mental bandwidth. So yeah. do you think people need to actually quit their job to start something online? Uh, no, uh, I would encourage people to, um, look at how they can cut back on their life um, and while keeping that job because you never know what's going to happen. So uh, most people, I mean, the average person in the U.S., the, the square footage of the home has gone from like 1,200 square feet to now almost 2,500 square feet for the same amount of people. We don't need that. Uh, cars have gotten bigger and that we don't need cars that big. So you can downsize, downsize and go back to like, Roommates, downsize, downsize, get, get, get rid of that car, buy a motorbike, or if you're in an area that doesn't do that, buy a smaller car, save on all that stuff, be frugal in your own personal life while keeping that income because that's your source, that's your tool, and then also you're going to want to look at your time, 80-20 rules. Yes, it's going to hurt, but you need to look at, okay, if maybe before 80-20 rule on that, before you kind of grasp that concept, you were working you know, eight hours, nine hours at a job, and then you were looking at five hours in the evening. Well, what if you took that five hours and you really 80 20 it? Maybe you really only need an hour and a half or two hours. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, you're not burnt out, and you keep that fuel, that money going, and you never want to cut that out because um, unexpected things happen in life on that, and you want to be prepared for it. And the number one reason people fail in business is two things. That Number one, they don't have the capita for when you know, stuff happens. That's number one. And number two, they're not focusing on the driving force of every single company on the planet, sales and marketing. Mm. Don't cut off your income source until you've got a regular source of income coming in. And certainly once you get that income source coming in, do not 
start living a lifestyle business like right away. Mm. I see that happen all the time. Oh, wow. Poof. Just now I'm making 20 grand a month. Woohoo. I'm on top of the world and I'm spending 18 grand a month. <laughs> lifestyle, lifestyle. Look at all my cool Instagram. You're no richer than you were when you're working a nine to five. You're one paycheck 30 days away from bankruptcy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's just, I just want to like add in on that. Like when, when my income started going up, I made sure that I only looked at one bank account. And in that bank account, at a given time, there'd only be $1,000, especially here in like Asia. And I think that one thing alone has just kept me so hungry and so smart. smart that is smart. To not want to overly spend where like, like even now, if I look at it, I'm like, oh man, like maybe there's like $700 in there. Maybe I need to re-up and like put 300. But it's like, like I don't look at the business's bank account as if it was like my own. Yeah, that's really smart actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great tip for people to divide up. Mm-hmm. There, the, the, whatever their income's coming up, divide it up. This is what I'm going to see, because what you focus on expands. If you see that five thousand, you've spent your whole life, you know, every month spending that all, and you now mm-hmm. can only you can only view a thousand of it. I like that. That's good. It's oh, dude, it's forced. great. Because like literally, I'll get the income, and then I'll pay one bank account a salary, like a small salary, just you know, for salary purposes. And then from that salary, I'll only siphon like $1,000 into this account that I only look at like when I'm out here. And it's just like dope because I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like so motivated to just always do that. And plus like semen retention. 25, Uh, uh, kudos to you, man. That's really good. (laughs) Uh, Here's another question. Tell me about your team for this entire thing. Who are they and how do they help with your students and success? Well, first of all, all the team members on here um, actually run the B2B side of this business. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in the business of making training and courses on that. I'm, my first and primary business and 80% of my income comes from actually doing what we're teaching here. Mm-hmm. So my support staff is coming from that arena. So you're getting people who are experts in that. So if, if we've got, you know, someone's got a technical issue, we're having somebody from the team who actually does that in our B2B business to business. And this is our B2C business, mm-hmm. business to consumer on that. Um, and then our team members, we, we are always hiring. The hiring door never comes off. We're always hiring because uh, we're always looking for the best talent. Mm-hmm. So like, um, it, just imagine if there's like, I never played it, but this is a good example for a lot of people play like fantasy football or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, you get to pick your best team members, right? I think you can pick them from the past in the future, you can like design your best team. That's what you're doing in your mm. business. You want to design your best team and you need to have a revolving door because that 80, 20 rule is definitely there. In fact, in human production, it's actually even worse. Pareto's principle goes much deeper. So it's actually, it's the square, I'll just go a little geeky here for a second because with employees, it's the square root of your employees that actually produce half of all of the output of your company. So if you've got 10 people, it's three people that are actually doing almost all the work. Now that's okay. That's pretty scary, seven, seven, uh, seven are not. If you take the square root of 1,000, it's 100. If you mm. take the square root of 10,000, know, that's, that's only 1,000 people on that. So you really need to be looking at your company, applying the 80-20 rule, the Pareto rule to that, and having that revolving door because um, even though people are really good up front, they may not be when they start producing. So you need to constantly be moving that in and only be working with your dream team and that. Because uh, once you have your, because if if you don't have your dream team in place, then I can't focus on my 4%. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because they're not doing their job. So now I got to take time out to now clean up or manage or God forbid, motivate. I hear that all the time, even from my own business friends. Oh, I got to go motivate my team. I'm like, uh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. If anyone who's on my bus and we're riding along, they're not motivated. My job is not to motivate you. You already come motivated. Now you're out of here. And I hear that all the time. Like, Manager, we got to motivate the team. If you got to motivate the team, you got the wrong team. Mm. So you're, that's where always hiring, always hiring the best. If we find someone who's the best and we do IQ tests too, we find someone who's the best. If we don't have a position for it, doesn't matter. We'll hire them anyways because we know that they're intelligent, they're smart, they're motivated. And these days, quite frankly, what you just need is you need smart, intelligent, and motivated people uh, that you're going to have to self-train anyways within mm. the company. There's nothing in our company. What are going to, oh, I went to, MB I went to a Harvard MBA. Do you know anything about Facebook ads? No, you're useless. Uh, okay? You're absolutely useless. Get out to the us. door. We have to train you anyway. So we don't need someone who um, is a great, you know, great at grades and stuff like that. So you have to be intelligent. And that's another thing that's like, like, like the army. Yeah, the, all armies do this. They all have IQ tests. If you drop below a certain IQ, you you can't go into the I this. Well, guess what? It's the same thing with my army of people. If you if you're below a certain IQ, you cannot enter our company. We don't want stupid people in our mm -hmm. company, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like more people need to start looking at that. And the fact of the matter is, is there's a bell curve with intelligence and IQ, and there's a large percentage of the population all over the world whose IQ is too low to be able to do much of anything in any kind of company, particularly my companies on that. Yeah. And it's amazing though, because it allows everyone to like focus on their parts. Like for example, like, like for example, I don't have to motivate Hanson or you, you don't have to motivate me or Hanson. Hanson doesn't have to motivate me or you. And we just all just kind of like run free, like rabbit animals. Yeah. Uh, because if, if anybody needed motivation, then they're mm -hmm. not on the right, but they, they got to get off the bus. Oh, I'm just curious. This is like, not my personal question is like, what's it like from your perspective? Cause like you have like these, like it's almost like you're the, the puppet master moving all <laughs> the things, you know? Focus on the 4%. Yeah. So what's it like when you see, like, for example, Abby, Ryan, me, and Hanson just like going ham in the, like the slack, just like talking and yelling at each other. Like what, what's going on in like your mind? Well, I mean, uh, I have a different management style uh, on that. So it's like, um, so, well, we'll take Abby for a second. So Abby knew nothing about Facebook ads, but now he runs all the Facebook ads across all my companies. Now, why would somebody do that? Well, it comes back to, because has an extremely high IQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's and so smart. He's smart, and I've seen him before. I've seen him out there. Uh, I've seen him take on tasks. He, he solve them. He'll, prob he'll, he'll problem solve until mm -hmm. all night long if he needs to. He's the right person for the job on that. So it's, now it's on the job training. Mm -hmm. Guess what? He's going to be the best person for the job on that. So it's coming down to that. Now there's other, there's people are not, um, when, when a child, like a child, you, you, you try to take a toy away from a child, like, or, or here, you got to share this toy. Does a child want to share that toy? They reach out and grab it. They resist. Adults are the same way. If you tell an adult, you can't do this, or you tell a, a, a teenager, you got to make your bed. I don't want to make the bed. There's instant resistance. So same thing with the team. If you come in with a team, 
you have to be patient enough because you can't just come in and go, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. You'll get instant resistance. Mm. You have to give everybody, even intelligent people and motivated people, enough space to kind of figure this out on here. Uh, there was a Gary Vee interview where someone asked him, I thought the answer was brilliant. And someone asked him, they said, so you've grown to like 400 employees or more than that by now. Um, how do you not like micromanage that? What do you do that? And he's like, I've simply accepted that they can only do 60% of my work. So if I did their same job, I'd do 100%. If they do their, if they do that same job themselves the best they can, they're only going to be 60% production. I've accepted to that and I move on. And so he's only focused on the 4%. He's not focused on trying to get that person's productivity from 60 to 100% like himself. He's completely eliminated. Now he's got a standard, right? But the standard can be measured by a KPI. It doesn't need to be measured by him coming in and, and doing it on that end of it. And it leaves a lot of creativity. So the teams that I build together are almost always 100% entrepreneurs. Mm. It just happens that way. So it's better if they're an entrepreneur, meaning they want to be an entrepreneur, but they're better. They can't quite do it on their own. Um, they Which is okay. Which is probably fine. Yep. Those are your best team members to have entrepreneurs because you give them the entrepreneur freedom and uh, inside a company, but it's inside the safety of a company. It's like, hey, you don't have to worry about where the Facebook ad budget is coming from. Uh, you don't have to worry about merchant accounts getting closed down. Someone else will take care of all that stuff. So you can just focus in on your creative space. And let's 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 build the system around that. So everyone's working in their four percent mm. or their twenty percent on that. So why out of every single business model out there that most students can seem to reach some type of success, even if it's just like one client within their first three months? Why can people not experience success? No, why, why can they? Compared to like everything out there, why is, for example, three months, 90 days, or even like six weeks realistic for them to just get one client to pay them 2K a month? It's um, because in, in our program here, yeah. Okay, so it, it's very realistic. Number one is that um, you're going to see people in the Facebook group and you're going to see interviews of people doing it. So many times even though you have the recipe right in front of you, this is exactly how you make the best chocolate chip cookies ever. If you don't truly believe that you can make the best chocolate chip cookies, even though the recipe is right there, but if you see other people going, I just made my batch of, of best man, these chocolate chip cookies are so good. I just mix this and I follow this. Now you suddenly believe that you can do it. A lot of times you just need permission that's gonna allow you to say yes, you can do this. And a lot of times it just comes down to belief. Maybe somebody can't relate with me or they can't relate to one of our students, but maybe someone's a single mother out there and they listen to the interview that you just did. And they're like, I relate to that. I mean, if she can do that, I can do that. And it's got those invisible lines of connection. So that's, that's the difference right there. So a lot of times you just need that. It's not a matter of information. I mean, information is good and it's gotta be right and it's gotta be efficient. We're always updating that and stuff, but it really comes down to um, you're witnessing others around you that can do it. It comes back to that old analogy that we've seen, uh, that heard a thousand times, right? The four minute mile. Uh, it, be, prior to that, everyone said, you know, even doctors are like, no, it's a physically impossible. Yeah. The, the heart would literally burst out of the chest, right? Um, Your legs would fall off. Legs would fall off. You just, die. yeah, physically cannot do it. 
well, as every, everyone learns the story a thousand times, right? It's like, I think within the first year, there was 36 people that broke the record again. High school and students. High school students, yeah. And now there's even, you know, there's retired people now breaking the rules. So why does that happen? Because they look around and they go, oh, this, this can be done. This can really be done. And it's the same thing in here. And that, I could give you a whole bunch of other reasons about how good the course is and the mm -hmm. training, but that's the biggest factor right there is that you see others doing it and you're like, mm. okay, I can do it too. Mm. I can break the four minute mile too. That's awesome. So with that being said, guys, the free training is below if you guys want to check it out. And with that being said, thank you so much, Chris, for joining. Oh, you want to know what happens when you actually join? You know, can you pull up like the family mastermind messenger really quick, Hanson? Like the one with my mom, dad, and sister. Okay, yo, play that video. <laughs> so this is what happens when when you join just how happy you get this is my dad dressed up as michael jackson oh my god uh, i love it play the music oh wait no don't play the music <laughs> oh that's doing is. michael jackson that's what happens when you're on ketosis all the time he went white face huh yeah i'm like what are you doing nowadays because he's not working he's just, where is this i love this he's like in chicago doing doing oh. things he, he's the one that talks with hanson that helps with like our counting and He's doing ketosis and wow, <laughs> and he's doing Michael Jackson. That's oh, he's so funny. Yeah, so that's that's a happy dance. Oh, look at that kick! Whoa, that's what happens when when you oh, you, know, you join the fam. Yeah. So that being said, outro. <laughs>